Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And we know that to be true, because it is. <laughs> Whether or not you believe it, it is doggone true. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to Francis here. Howdy. Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Hello. <laughs> it takes a bit. For, takes a bit for those audios to work their way over to L.A. Uh, you, know, well, you know, he's he's got those uh, cocktail olives in his ears. No, that's what it is. Well, you know, I don't have any of those. Uh, our guest today is uh, Victoria Jackson from Elko, Nevada, and uh, her book is called Beyond the Desert: Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboying. Do you have any birthdays or anything you want to get? Well, going? actually, I just have one. <clears throat> Uh, last Thursday, which would be what the sixteenth, I think, mm-hmm. Clue Gilgersberg, you know, ah. you know, Billy the Kid from the Tall Man. That's right. New and the sheriff on uh, the Virginia. That's right, Sheriff Riker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How oh, you? Just good stuff. You know. Yeah. It's a great actor. Oh, and one other thing, which we do need to mention, the month of November is uh, Native American Heritage Month, mm-hmm. which is well, fits perfect with Victoria here, and. I'm ticked off okay. because PBS, you know, they run all year long. They got every critter type of person in the world on all year long. Yeah. And then they stick a few uh, documentary, Indian documentaries on at PBS at around 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the whole month. Let's have more stuff, guys. Well, there is no excuse for PBS, in my view. Um, you know, every day should be... Native American Day. Every day should be Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Every day should be Cowboy Day. Oh, definitely. You know, um, so and these are hallmark days. Don't forget and, and Cowboy Days and then extra special days, Buckaroo Days. There you go. Uh, because, you know, come on, you know, it, uh, let's not get started on that <clears throat> because <laughs> we will <laughs> way, go way off the reservation the on that one. steam will start pouring out of our ears. Yeah, it will. Uh, Victoria, welcome to the program. Happy to have you. Hi. Glad you guys asked me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Great pleasure. Uh, Beyond the Desert, Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboys. Uh, according to the description here, featuring 20 stories from men and women who have experienced the dying art of cowboying in the Great Basin region. And these stories range from the days before the horse trailer in the 1950s to keeping the West alive in today's modern environment. And that's kind of what we do. Is, What's uh, what we're trying to uh, do. Trying to do is preserve the uh, culture of the Old West. How did you come to uh, write this particular book, Victoria? And photograph it. Oh, what a great question. <laughs> well, I know a lot of darn good cowboys. All right. And I decided, well, you know, when we're out on the desert, we like to tell a lot of stories and, you know, or something will randomly come up while we're riding along. And I thought, well, that would be a perfect uh, deal because I know these guys personally and I handpicked them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because I knew they had good stories. I knew they had some insight into how it used to be. And I started every interview telling them things have changed a lot since I started cowboying, you know, and I'm not that old. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen that has changed since you started? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like the basis of all of it. Mm. You know, one of the interesting for me, because I love this, I love this, this, these guys' stories. Uh, growing up in New Mexico as a kid, you know, I'm a pre-war baby. And I grew up around all those old, old cowboys. And... 
it was amazing when I was reading this to see I didn't realize that the different the really difference between the cowboys of the southwest of New Mexico and Arizona and the buckaroos up there because the buckaroo the cowboy the Montana Wyoming Canadian cowboys in my estimation they're the real cowboys the guys down here they're good cowboys they're hard workers and everything but they're not old school and these guys are old school you're trotting out in the morning that just moved me when I so, buckaroo, uh, define buckaroos. Uh, what are we What are we saying when we say buckaroos? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a big debate on it, but the way I grew up, it was uh, a guy who worked at different ranches, you know, all over the place. Okay. And they might only be there three months, six months, a year, mm-hmm. you know, but they'd, they'd bounce around and they'd work for different outfits and they'd go by their rules and they'd work for the ranches or the ranchers or the small ranch families so it, they didn't own their own cattle you know they just worked everybody else's and that was a lifestyle and cowboys are are more set uh at a location is that they am i understanding around. that right well i know cowboys move around but i mean yeah you know but looking at it like how i look at it now because when i was talking to matt morrison um i said well there's just not as many cowboys as there were before he goes we were at a team roping when i interviewed him and he said, look over here, there's five million of them. I said, yeah, but, you know, these are arena cowboys mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, regular cowboys or, you know, guys who do it for a living all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of see it. And and you cowgirl for a living, is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I buckaroo. Well, for a while, yeah, just because I day work like crazy everywhere. Um, we'd be down, like, even just helping ranchers and stuff, you know, that was my passion. I'd have to have a real job because they don't pay what it used to pay. You can't make a living on it, yeah. you know. But you, you um, I work for friends. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, when I started, uh, my uncle Arlo Crutcher, he had cows uh, where his wife's from in Pyramid Lake, Nevada. And that's like a 52 miles all the way around. Mm-hmm. And we'd go out into the desert, and uh, I had a bunch of old buckaroos out there, like Stan Sarasola. I never had a chance to interview him, but he's one of my heroes. He's mm-hmm. a um, you know, he's a tough sucker. And me and him would ride the outside circle there. And um, we'd take the long route around the desert and we'd pick up these cows that only seen people once or twice a year. Hmm. So it was a dead run all day. And, you know, I loved it. That was my thing. I wasn't much into roping when I first started. It was just cruising along in the desert, not knowing where you're going, hoping you find a landmark somewhere and don't get too lost. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, uh, you may be familiar with the name Bobby DeVecchio. He was a PRCA bull rider, world's champion. And uh-huh. the perf- he's the perfect example, in, in a way, of rodeo cowboys. He was a New York gang kid that went to the Madison Square Garden, saw the bull ride, and was making fun of the bull riders. And they said, well, come back tomorrow, and we'll put you on a bull. Mm-hmm. And it changed his life. He became, you know, like I say, a world champion bull rider. Wow. But he was an athlete. He wasn't a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's Yeah, the- I was the same way. I played all the sports in school. And once uh, I didn't get along with the basketball team, I was like, well, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to drop out. And I told my both of my parents that. And dad's like, well, I guess you're going to do what you're going to do, you know, by freshman year. And uh, dad and Stan Sarasola had a plan. I went down to work for him, and he was going to try to kill me on his worst horses every day. But <laughs> later on, he said, I don't think that's going to work. You're too darn honorary to quit. So we would either had to kill you or just send you home disappointed. <laughs> so then, <laughs> yeah, so then dad decided I need to, you know, he needed to get me into high school rodeo because I knew how to ride. Mm-hmm. And he traded uh, my first rope horse for, I think it was a baler. 
um, to one of my uncles, and I had the oldest horse that had run around the Fort McDermott Reservation. Like uh, he was older than I was. Wow! And yeah. he was snotty and everything, but he was fast. Uh, and I great. thought it was so dumb when Dad said, "You're going to rodeo." I'm like, "Rodeo? Why would I do that?" And he's like, "Well, uh, you're going to breakaway rope." And I'm like, "What's that mean?" He goes, "You rope the calf and let your rope go." And I was like. From being all these years on the desert, why would I want to do that? Why would you let a perfectly good calf go? <laughs> That's what I wondered the first time I saw it, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, to be fast. I'm like, for what? <laughs> but he got me hooked. You know, he built me an arena out of We have a little two and a half acre um, piece of property out in Spring Creek. So he built me an arena, a little runway, 100 by 30 foot. So you had to rope fast. And he had me train my own horses, you know, get used to that old guy, retrain him. And we didn't know what we were doing, but we went with it. Wow. Well, you and it, you know that really did change my life because I would have I would have quit school and went cowboy in full time. It sounded like the best thing in the world, but he kept me here. And eventually, I won the world championship in women's steer stopping for the Western States Ranch Rodeo Association wow. in yeah. 2014 and 2015 on a horse I trained. Yeah. Cool. Well, you also rode a few bucking horses, and from what I understand, you're a pretty good hand at, at uh, training and breaking them in. That's what I hear. <laughs> Rumor goes around. Yeah. Todd Roberts, get in there. Well, I, you know, it's amazing, Victoria, that, um, you know, when you look at all the background on you, do you still uh, do you still dance at the powwows? Um, only if I have to. My Achilles went out after all those years. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, sometimes so we have the dancing. Some- <clears throat> the dancing beats you up, not the horseback ride. Dude, the it totally is. You know, and once I started rodeoing, I realized I could win a lot more money in two seconds than I can in the three days of dancing. <laughs> you know, that, that one picture of you in your regalia is, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, um, through my youth, my sister is a huge powwow lady. She um, dances all over the country. She's living in North Dakota, I think, right now. But um, she makes all of her outfits. She beads. She does the buckskin work. She creates outfits. She made me do my own um, when I traveled with her powwowing because that was like life for a while. And uh, that's all we would do is dance. And it was just, it was outstanding. My Aunt Val, um, the dress I'm always wearing, she made that. Um, She's from Pine Ridge, South Dakota. um, Or she lives there now. Oh. And yeah, she made my outfits and she sent them down. Is she Shoshone or is she Sue? She's uh, Paiute. Okay. She was married to, I'm thinking he was Sewer Lakota. I can't get them right. But. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of Lakotas. He's a scorecard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so she did that. Okay. And uh, so I've always had that outfit. And she made me my last one, but it was so big. And she goes, I figured you'd grow into it. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> well, you know, I belong to the Western Riders of America. And there's a great bunch of people. They write our history and everything. But... This year, you did something that a lot of those guys keep trying to do and they've never done. You were a Will Rogers Medallion Award finalist, silver, I believe. Uh-huh. How did that feel? And I know I saw pictures of you guys back there, you dancing with your dad, I think it was. Oh, my mom was, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had to go all the way to Texas to go dance to one guy singing downstairs at the hotel. Yeah, it was good, you know, and I'd never heard of it. And I'm pretty sure it was Betty McCarthy one night. Um, it was probably like two or three in the morning, and she put a message on there. You ought to submit your book to the Will Rogers Medallion Award. And I'm like, I'm not sure. There's a little bit of uh, rough language in the book here and there. You know, I don't know if it qualify. And then so it took me a month or so, and then I finally looked at it, and I was like, well, I guess I su- could submit it. 
So I did, and um, I was really surprised to see that I made it as a finalist, you know, and with, um, I was pretty honored that it was with C.J. Hadley's book um, from Range Magazine, mm-hmm. you know, because she's always been one of those personal heroes of mine because my grandpa read Range Magazine mm-hmm. all the time. Well, you so know, also it was, winning silver, that's, that's, that's just one book away from winning the big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody remembers second place, but here yeah. we are. Hey, I do. That's impressive. Just, just, to, be, just to be nominated in, in those groups is just, I think it's a hell of an honor. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I actually, um, I self-publish these books, um, everything I've done, because the first one I did was just a coffee table book with photos in it that I'd had accumulated over the years. And I was thinking about approaching the publishers for it, but... I got to looking at the book, and I'm like, they would never allow somebody roping a horse, you know, mm-hmm. in it, yeah, because yeah. it's just too harsh, you know, with the animal activists and everything else. But the thing that they don't realize and why I, I like to have that in there is the fact that these guys handle their horses. They don't abuse them, you know, yes. they don't hurt them. And it's always been a part of our traditions, um, you know, because, like, every time we used to go home um, back to McDermott, my mom's uh, tribe, We'd, every holiday, we'd be roping horses, either castrating or branding or sorting or something, you know. And it's really a part of the lifestyle because we rope the horses in order to take care of them. Right. It's tra- you know, so. Yeah, it's transportation uh, for mm-hmm. you. And, and why, you wouldn't abuse your transportation. Or, or no, and it's a lifestyle, you know. And yeah. um, a lot of them, like my Uncle Brad, he owned a bucking horse string forever. You know, and he took great care of them. They were all great in the shoot. You know, they didn't fight. That was just how he trained them. You know, and he spent a lot of time getting them to buck correctly the way that, you know, to score the most points, you know, not to abuse or get them mad or wear them out. And that was one of the big deals. A good bucking horse is worth tons of money. You know, there's people breeding just for that now. Hmm. Yes. And yes, you know, and then some of them turn into saddle horses, you know, yeah. and we got to get a brand on them. That way we can travel later. <laughs> you know, one of the things that really impressed me in the book, and I wasn't wasn't that aware of it, is, you know, at the, you know, the rodeos up there, especially on the Indian rodeos, uh, that they have the, the, the horse roping, because you don't see that down here. You, know, you definitely don't see it in any PRCA shows. Is that, so that's something that's... Uh, it's unique, germane to Indian rodeos, right? Well, it's not. It's not. It's germane to I think up to you, uh, Nevada and that part, I, southern Idaho and that okay. part of the country. Yeah, it's our lifestyle, you and know, and all it is is showcasing their skills when they come to town. Yeah, you know how well they can do it and how fast they can do it. I guess ranch rodeo is about the only place that they still do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and then we, um, I helped Matt Morrison and the Morrison family. Um, with their rodeo that they have out in Lee, Nevada. And we have it on the reservation because, you know, the activists can't come bother us on the reservation. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Yeah, we've got that figured out. And, uh, well, my family used to put on the um, Quinn River Indian Rodeo um, during Father's Day every year. And we had horse roping and everything there, and it was outstanding, you know, because it was was a great show. We'd have the regular events, you know, um, and it, it was all Indian. So a lot of the locals who never leave town... You know, they just never leave the reservation to go rope anywhere. Mm-hmm. They got to showcase their talents, and it was always a great show. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, that's one of the things I've always, because being down here in the Southwest, was uh, Mexican rodeo, because they do a lot of horse roping. Hmm. Oh, I love watching it on YouTube. You know, isn't that great? <laughs> These guys are, oh, they're artists. Oh, God. The, 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 the loops they roll, rolling, figure eights, oh, 
front and back catches. Just amazing. All right. Oh, we, yes. We're going to do our first break here. We got us a cowgirl, folks. <laughs> Victoria Jackson. Her book is Beyond the Desert, Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboying. It is a 2023 Will Rogers Medallion Award silver winner. And so uh, we're going to talk more of, with Victoria after this break. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you on Abel Francis' Voices of the West. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you are in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. We even heard you sent for a marshal. You know, that was right careless of you. We're cleaning up this town, and no one's going to stop us. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. That's the uh, the great late Ray Whitley. 
That was the perfect sa- uh, song for this show. Oh, that's awesome. We're riding into town. Our guest is uh, Victoria Jackson. The book is called Beyond the Desert, Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboying. Victoria, let's talk about some of those stories. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Uncle, Al- Uncle um, Alvin's frog is getting down the throat there. Throat there. Anywho, let's, uh, let's talk about some of those stories that... Uh, uh, of the dying art of cowboying. Okay, where do you want to start? Well, you tell us. You start. Oh. You start. How about the beginning? <laughs> In the beginning, there was cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. The very beginning is my introduction, and uh, my introduction was written at like two thirty one morning. And I have, uh, yeah, I just ripped through it, and I'm like, oh, this thing needs an introduction. But my whole purpose on it was to set up the idea of what's going to happen in the book and a little bit of my background and what we did and um you know kind of what i already told you about and i wanted to include some of the people and photos of some of the guys that um i wasn't able to interview for this book that i wanted to like spider teller um he's technically my uncle but he was a brilliant saddle maker and i had two from him Mm. and uh we i sat in that saddle shop for hours and hours and Mm. hours while he worked on my um saddle down in gardnerville and when I was young, my dad ordered a saddle from him, and I spent hours in that shop, but I didn't really appreciate it back then, you know, the stories he told. Right. Mm-hmm. But when I got older and I sat there, oh, man, I mean, some of the stories wouldn't have been good to broadcast, but they were great stories, <laughs> you know, and he'd, he'd tell about the res in Hawaii where he, where he lived a lot. And I just regret not recording it because I'd be so enthralled in just listening because it would be out of nowhere. He'd be telling me a story about... Like when they they had a pair of boxing gloves in the arena in Hawaii, and um, what they'd do is if there was a dispute, the judge and the guy who was disputing put on those boxing gloves, and they settled it right then and there. Good. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, and there was no hard feelings when it was done. The call was either kept or it was changed. Yeah. Wow. Nothing and, wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then my friend Tommy Stoll, I have, you know, we have some stories about him. He passed away in a car accident um, a few years ago, but he was cowboy for a young guy. He'd done things that, you know, most of these young guys will never see. And he was just a wild man, and he was one of my little heroes, and we ran around a lot together. But, um, you know, I had to include him. And, of course, Stan Sarasola. I spent a lot of time with him, and um, he was just cowboy, and he expected me to be cowboy. And I think Jan uh, Buckmaster mentioned that in her interview when we were talking, and she's like... Well, you tramped around with Stan and them, you know, so you couldn't have your feelings hurt, you know, and that was how the guys raised me. And I always said my dad drove me out to the desert, but those guys raised me because, you know, I wasn't a little girl, even though I was. I was part of the crew, so I had to just take whatever crap they gave me and, you know, yep, and I had to learn, you know, and that was, to me, you know, that was real education, you know, and... I also mentioned he taught me my four-letter words, how to use them yeah, correctly. I saw and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he how didn't have me running right, around yeah. sounding like an idiot. Yeah, you how know? to use them right. Yeah, yeah, and eloquently. That was his thing. You need to learn uh, to use it eloquently. Yeah, and he, he knew I was skipping school to be down there, so he would make sure you know every evening I'd do my homework, my makeup work I'd have to do, so I'd at least graduate. Yeah, you know, and that was that was his deal. You know, he was big into 
education and vocabulary and, you know, four-letter or not, I had to know something. <laughs> oh, cool. How did the teachers react to your use of the four letters in your essays? You know, they were really surprised on how well I went around it and pretended I didn't say it, or I would restate it correctly, in which Stan would explain how to do that, you know, but he was a big hero of mine because he was rough and tough, and, you know, he wouldn't let me back down. It's you know, right. there was no excuses, and that was a big part of it, you know, being out there is I wasn't out there just to cook, you know, because I, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of cooking, so I was out there to ride and do everything else. So did the guys you were working with, um, did they, <clears throat> were they, did they have any problems because you were a girl? You know, uh, only when I first meet them, it seems like no matter where I work, mm-hmm. they kind of look questionably at me mm-hmm. until they get to working with me, you know, because I have to work as hard as they do, and that's always been the thing. So yeah. as long as I'm pulling up my, you know, my side of it. And uh, we were just talking about this a few weeks ago at Western States Finals. I ran into one of the cow bosses. I need to interview him. He is a wild man. But he was the cow boss when we were at Hot Creek, one of the trips I went down. And uh, I, his attitude was awesome because we would we had to rope yearlings off the desert because it was the Coriani outfit. And load them into the trailer. Mm. And I don't know what happened, but nobody could seem to throw a head loop that day. So I'd be taking pictures with my camera on me, um, you know, of everybody working. And then I'd have to flip it around and say, okay, fine, I'll go head something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, you know, and that was that was a part of it is I could at least rope. So, you know, that was a majority of it. Running deserts. And when we were there, it was pretty much a 30-mile run a day because this Corianis at a small, you know, slow lope or 35 miles an hour. Yeah. So we had we just ran all day, and it reminded me of Pyramid Lake. You know, where we never saw the you know the cows never saw people. So you just get around them and head them in the right direction and run like heck and hope they don't take off the wrong way. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the neat things you, you're, with your stories is it's all in the voices of the people speaking, and mm-hmm. so many stuff that when people write about this and they write the history, the writer lets his voice creep in there and kind of muddy the. Muddy the story. It may be a great story, but it loses some of the real authenticity. And this, this is all authenticity to me. Yeah, well, that was the whole purpose of it, is I wanted their voice, their stories. I wanted them to tell it from their perspective, because to me, I can't tell their story half as good as they can tell their story. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it, it just made it a little bit better, because, you know, you hear them, you hear their voice themselves, and when you go through the book, you hear the way that they speak as opposed to the way another guy speaks, you know, if they're from a different region or the words that they use, you know. I mean, I did have to tone a few down, you know. There were a few (laughs) F-bombs in there. I thought, okay, we can substitute this for a better phrase, you know, or they'd say, okay, clean that up a little bit, no problem. But, you know, I wanted them, their voices to be heard, so you know it's them Mm -hmm. actually talking because, but I mean, when we interviewed, we just talked. That's all it was, you know, and told stories. Um, every once in a while, I'd steer them some direction, or I ask them a question. Not, a, I tried not to make it so formal, yeah. you know. But that was, the, yeah. yeah, that way. Like when we were talking with Larry Shooty about Riettas, you know, and why don't you guys rope with Rietta anymore? And he's flat said, well, because um, these guys don't pay attention, and their horses are shot, and they step on the Rietta and break them, yeah. you know. The hair, and yeah, they don't think about that. Well, you know, I, I, this is one of the things that fascinates me about you. You're a Fort McDermott Paiute Shoshone 
girl from Nevada. Uh, you have a BA in English. You're a graduate from American Indian Journal Institute. And you know, you say, "Well, this gal, she's an egghead." You're not. You're a real. You're a real deal. This is so cool. Well, I had good influences. Um, I hear a lot of stories about how the women, you know, some of the ranch wives or something, you know, or daughters, they get told they can't do this. They have to be proper yeah. about everything. And my dad has never held me back, or my grandpa, really, my mom's um, dad. But his thing was always, you know, you're an Indian and you're a girl. You're going to have it tough. you got to get along in town and out in the desert and on the reservations so you better learn as much as you can so you can get along you know and he's the same way he was an equipment operator for the blm for 30 years and he cowboyed a lot and that was you know his way of getting along and he never told me no you can't do that it was well go ahead and try it see what happens yeah and that's always been his method (laughs) yeah yeah and he's always been supportive of everything i've done i mean every once in a while he's got to reel me back in and say well i don't know but most of the time you know it's just go do it and see you know, what I, happens and he's been a great teacher i saw some picture different pictures in the book and then when i was looking up stuff in, in the different sites of your dad and he he every picture he looks like he is just enjoying life to the to the max mm-hmm. he's very positive he's always happy um, it was his birthday yesterday. He actually just turned oh, 82. Happy birthday from us. Mm-hmm. And in that book, it's um, most all of the pictures I took were from 2022. Yeah. You know, with him cowboying and stuff. Almost all of the pictures of him are from um, that year. And I drag him all over the place to go branding. We were just branding out in Lee at the South Park Indian Reservation a couple weeks ago. Big, big cows, too. Mm-hmm. Or big, uh, about yearlings. Well, they were wieners, but they were pretty big. And um, my whole thought on that is, you know, we got to keep him moving to keep him young. You know, I mean, he's 82, but he's in great shape and he still rides colts and everything. Yeah. Well, I'm, he's one year younger than I am, and I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> and Bunker doesn't ride anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, w- the- I would if, if, you know, if they put uh, training wheels on him or something. <laughs> Actually, it would be. I got I got offered a job earlier this year on a picture doubling a guy, and I told him I said, "Hey, I'll be more than happy to take it." What 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 is the guy doing? And he said, "Well, it's a lot of hard chases." And I said, "Well, I've done a lot of hard chases, so you know what? I'll be honest with you. I'm 83. If you got if you wanted someone to just ride down the street, I would I'd be tickled to death to do it, but I won't go out there and embarrass you guys or embarrass myself." Mm-hmm. Todd, you got anything in there? Well, I wanted to say, you know, Victoria, you have 22 stories in this book, and I have to believe that you did a lot more than 22 interviews. So how how difficult was it for you to pare down to all the interviews? What did you do, 40 or 50 or 60 interviews, and pare it down to those 22? How, what was nope. your criteria? What was your Nope, I did test? 22. <laughs> I actually, I had okay. them in mind, and then I'd run into people. So I had this book in mind in 2021, and I went up to Washington to Brian Brown's branding, and he's the first uh, story in the book, because um, I threw it out there. Hey, I want to do a book. Who wants to, you know, who wants to be involved? And Brian said, come up to the branding. You know, uh, we'll have horses, da-da-da, take some pictures. Okay, sounds good. So I went up there and uh, started with his and then I took a long time off. I think I did Sid Co-Champs later that year in June. Um, and he's my uncle. He's living in Pyramid Lake, and he is 
the Spitfire. And I knew I wanted Sid in there because he is a wild horse racer. He's a buckaroo. He rides everything. He trains. He helps these younger generations cowboy in. You know, and he's always been so much fun and has great stories. So um, I made sure to interview him. And he actually, I, um, we were up, the pictures I have, but most of them are at Pyramid Lake. And I went up there and um, just took pictures that weekend. It was at the end of uh, branding season, so I was shot. So I literally just took pictures. But he picked up horses. He was a great saddle bronc rider. And I just wanted stories from him. So I did that, and then I held off until probably 4th of July of 2022. And then it all went. Um, at the 4th of July rodeo in Hawaii, it's uh, the Duck Valley Indian Reservation on the Nevada-Idaho border, uh, about 99 miles north of me. And then I started getting the rest of the interviews, like Simbalot and um, who else was there? Oh, I just I started there. And then as I made a big circle around... I went and interviewed random people that I thought I got a hold of them. Hey, can we schedule this? Can we schedule that? And like, oh, where is he? Um, Tom Love. He ran around with my dad for a lot of years and they buckaroed together. And I know he was old school because he's, uh, you know, he was at Rancho Idaho, I think, at the same time my dad was. And um, we went to Caldwell, Idaho to interview him before he moved back to Bruno. And Rusty and Rachel Allison um, got a hold of me and said, hey, we'll be in um, Ontario, Oregon. You want to do the interview? Sure. So we went over there. And then we went back home. And, you know, it's just been a wild run um, in 2022. And it's just kind of who I ran into, like Ray Gillahan. We were at um, we were at Charlie Newell's Bronc Riding up at Charlie's Place in Idaho and I ran into him and he's always telling good stories and I found out he worked with my dad back in the day you know um, dad was packing up there way back when with my older brother and so I got some great stories out of him and it just kind of went from there and I had a list of who I wanted and a few guys I actually couldn't get a hold of Jim Bessie I did a phone interview with him and we we had a blast you know mm -hmm. just visiting with everybody and i love taking dad along with me because he tells stories they tell stories i didn't uh, even have to interview you know i might have to clarify here and there you know what they were talking about but it was just a big bsing session everywhere we went that is so cool we got to do another commercial break here our guest victoria jackson the book is beyond the desert stories of the dying art of cowboying Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. We will be right back after these very important messages. Stay tuned. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. 
This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. This is Jerry Geronimo Martin, and I am proud to tell you I am listening to the Voices of the West. back on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts with you. Um, our guest is Victoria Jackson. The book is called Beyond the West, Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboying. And I got to tell you, uh, 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 Victoria, that I got to play that high chaparral theme. Otherwise, Mr. DeFrance walks off the set right fast because <laughs> he was in like 52, 53, 52 of uh, episodes of that program, as well as gun smokes and bunches of other things. Um, you pay me to fall off a horse? It's easy. It's easy getting you. So why not do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah getting yeah. up's the problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you, you back then you, I bounced. Now I just kind of <laughs> crack and pop. Uh, this is not your uh, first book here, at least I don't think it is. No, it's not. You've got another one out called Cowboys, Indians, and Indian Cowboys. Talk about that one. Um, that was the first book I did. I had so many photos I'd taken over the years uh, of, like, horse roping and or branding horses and just being everywhere. And I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and slap it together in a book. I'll see what happens. I might have a lot of Christmas presents. Um, <laughs> the next 20 years? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll order maybe 25, you know. I might sell 25 of them. And uh, it ended up a lot exploding. And I didn't expect it, like, huh. to go so well. Because it's just, you know, pictures of what I see every day. Yeah. And so I slapped it together, and I don't know, I, I think it turned out really cool. And I sectioned it into the Cowboys section, which is just a bunch of Cowboys I've worked with. The Indian section, some pictures I took of Indians' portraits or, um, you know, them mainly portraits or when we were picking berries, you know, silly things like that. And then the Indian Cowboys, which was a bunch of Indian Cowboys doing what they do. And, you know, our region's known for a lot of great Indian cowboys, great mm-hmm. hands. So, yeah, and I wanted to include them in that. And so I just chose the pictures I thought would look cool. And um, I was down at Capriola's, and I was talking to John Wright, and he says, you know what, do pre-order so you know how many to order. Because, again, I was just going to order 25. And um, so I got a website, threw it online, and ended up selling a lot more than 25. That you know, way, so way cool. Yeah, I wanted to expose wow. everybody to see Indian cowboys exist yes. because that's something a lot of people don't understand. Great cowboys. Well, yeah, well, they really leads, are. You know, I, this leads us into. Wait a second, Todd was. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Todd. Go ahead. So, Victoria, I, I don't mean to swat the hornet's nest with a shovel, but what the heck? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been going to, I've been going to Indian powwows and ceremonials for a lot longer than 40 years a lot less than you but still that's pretty long that is a long time and hey i'm not 40 you know, yet. <laughs> god watch it it's a lady you're talking to yeah i, I know uh and you know i i usually see these t-shirts on 
people who are non-Indian, non-native. But I see this T-shirt, and it, it's always rubbed me the wrong way. Because at heart, I'm a cowboy. And no, no, it says, all my heroes have kill, been killing cowboys. All oh, my heroes have oh, always killed cowboys. Mm. And I say to myself, your book about cowboys, Indians, and Indian cowboys totally takes all the air out of that entire t-shirt or that that thought process so you know, you know, know there was a big debate or? no no there was a big debate when um university of wyoming had the little thing that said um what was it um the world needs more cowboys i think it was something like that mm-hmm. and my friends on facebook from the indian reservations oh they were so offended by that yeah you know that was the thing and then my standpoint by behind it was we're both you know we're indians and we're boys and it comes back to something that i'd said in the outside circle movie that um our reservation in fort mcdermott was formed as an agricultural reservation we we everybody every head of household was given so many cows um so many head of cattle to start their herds so they would have uh income you know and they'd be productive you know being stuck there um so it really comes down to we were formed that way to be ca- cattlemen, to be horsemen, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. And we're cowboys, you know. We can't. I have to look at it from a different perspective, you know, because I have the experience behind both. We're Indians and we're cowboys. We're not labeled as one or the other. Exactly. You know, we just get along. But do you, you know? Do you experience when you're out cowboying? Um, are the lines kind of blurred between male, female? Anglo and Indian and vice versa. People just take each other based on uh, who they are and what they do and how they contribute and how they treat other people. And everything else is cast off to the side. Am I correct? From my experience, yeah. I've heard Mm -hmm. experiences from other women. Well, again, Jan Buckmaster, um, you know, she really laid it out to how difficult it was for her, you know, because for a lot of times she'd be cowboying and cooking, but she'd only be getting paid for the cooking for a lot of years. Mm. And, um, you know, I was lucky she was one of the pioneers over here in our region where nobody really blinked an eye when I showed up at first. Yeah. Of course, they're like, oh, that dinky little thing, you know, because I was probably 120 pounds, you know, on this old res horse. And I come rolling in, but I could rope. I could help. I could do anything. And, um, you know, it might take a minute for the guys to warm up to you if they haven't heard of you. Um, so it's it could be difficult for a second. But after that, you know, honestly, I can remember every guy I've ever worked with on every crew, except for one guy. <laughs> and this is crazy because they keep telling me he was an albino out at Pyramid Lake and I cannot remember him. <laughs> I don't know if he was so clear I didn't see him or what. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah that's albino. <laughs> yeah, he's the only Maybe guy I don't remember. Maybe the bottom of the lake. <laughs> is he at so the bottom of the lake? Know. The translucent cowboy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. I cannot remember him to this day. But, you know, every other guy has made an impression on every crew I've ever ridden on good bad or in between you know so i i didn't really have those issues because i think in a way cowboying is much like everything used to be it's all about survival you know not getting your partner next to you killed you know making sure to help you know help one another get the cattle to where they need to go roping 
and not rim firing the guy, you know, or yeah. if they're on a cult, you got to try to help them a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in Rodosa, New Mexico, which is surrounded by three sides of the Mescalero Reservation, which is some of the best cattle country in New Mexico. And I grew up, there was more Indian cowboys around than there were uh, the Anglo cowboys. Uh, we had a lot of horse race trackers, but that's a whole different kind of cowboy. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, tell us about V Hanging Heart Media because that seems to be a, a very crucial part of your life. Uh, I had to find the name, and I was like, oh, when I registered my brand in Nevada, I was like, oh, that looked pretty. It might blotch, but it'll look pretty. So I ended up registering the brand, and then I decided, well, it's good enough for a logo. Why don't I just put it together like that? And, um, you know, it just, I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. It just sounded like a good idea, and it looks good in writing. Well, you know, I was looking at the Nevada Rancher magazine, and there's a a ton of articles in there by this gal named Victoria Jackson with great (laughs) photographs. And... And, you know, it just, it just continually blows my mind because, you know, here I have this picture, one picture of you out there, Buckaroo, with the chinks on, you know, the wind blowing, cigarette dangling out of the <laughs> one side of the mouth. And then I got this other other picture, you know, this this college graduate with her, her media business and you know you and I, I was looking here and you know it's like you work for newspapers uh, what is it uh, res media former editor team off tribal newspaper and I actually found some of these guys and was looking at them it was just great stuff yeah I'm like a bad cow dog you have to keep me busy or I'll get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> that's funny tell me about it yeah that is funny yeah, Don't yeah no I just when I was uh the secondary editor at the Tomoke News when we first started it um, I kind of just learned the programs and then the gal who was the editor she found AIJI American Indian Journalism Institute and back then it was a one month program so I had to go to Vermilion, South Dakota mm. in the middle of cornfields <laughs> at the Al Newharth Media Center to go learn journalism I guess. Mm-hmm. So so I went, and uh, it was actually a rough deal. We had to make a convoy because I really didn't want to go to the Midwest, and I was a flight risk. So everybody, I you know, there was like four of us, drove me up and made sure I was checked in with the ladies. So if I left, they would notice me missing. <laughs> oh, that is well, I want to. I want to know. I want to know about squirrels as traditional food. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, Well, uh, that's Native American culture, of course. And um, it's a lean protein. It's absolutely insane. The little squirrels, they're ground squirrels. They're not tree squirrels or anything. They're Mm. ground squirrels. And uh, our place has a lot of squirrels. And this, the one year that I produced that video, when they were all on the stack, what my dad did was he'd actually grain the horses on purpose. And every time that the horses would kick the grain out the squirrels would be so fat they'd be laying on their bellies eating all of the grain so we knew what we were feeding them in order to eat them so they were grain fed squirrels chip and dale well tell us about making indian bread then 
Oh, you don't have to ask my mother about that. I'm still not a cook. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought um, we were doing the video for this last uh, Shoshone language project I did for the Shoshone reunion mm-hmm. that we went to Vernal, Utah for, and I wanted to put a video together um, that, you know, kind of introduces to the, the language to everybody. And you can listen to it so much, it becomes repetitive where you can speak it a lot easier. And uh, so I told mom, oh, you make good Indian bread, you know, because I love her bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't make it underground anymore, but it's in the oven. Okay. And I said, we should do like a Martha Stewart cooking show. Yeah. So we went to, yeah, so we went to our neighbor's porch, uh, Rich and Sherry Tomoke, and asked him if we could use our porch for the background. And uh, she cooked it all right then and there in like 13 minutes or, you know, prepared it. Mm-hmm. And she actually said it all in Shoshone. Wow. And that Ooh. was, it was so fun to watch her make it. And she goes, I didn't know I could do it like that. You know, but that's part of our culture I wanted to preserve. Right. And when I was showing the video at the reunion, everybody was writing the ingredients down and everything mom said because I did it English subtitled. <laughs> and they're so like, Victoria, but how much is that? <laughs> so let's be clear about Indian bread compared to fry bread. For the, those of the audience who don't know the difference, yeah, would you so mind explaining? My mom can't make fry bread. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Indian bread's kind of um, it's traditional in our area because back then we didn't have a lot of oil or anything like that. You know, when she says yuhu, she means either shortening or fat. You know, and mm-hmm. butter. Um, and we didn't have like all the oils to waste, so there's a very minimal amount of ingredients that go into it. And that was kind of a survival deal where we could have some carbs um, to make the bread and fry bread is delicious um my aunt liz uh my dad's sister she had the biggest indian taco empire here in elko and oh it was an empire there was court after she passed away they went to court over this and it's funny because the only two people who have the recipe is my friend stephanie and my ex-husband and he didn't write it down (laughs) (laughs) he took it to the grave Uh his loss yes pretty much (laughs) all right we got to do our last commercial break here our guest is victoria jackson the book beyond the west uh, Beyond the Desert, uh, Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboying. Cowboy. We will be back with uh, what we got left of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. We're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch. Be yeah. right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management, where we manage money for gun owners. 
When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horses Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Did you ever see the wind blow a rooster in a jug? Ain't nothing that'll make your innards more squeamy than the first-class pure oldie twisty wheel. This is the Voices of the West. An old cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way. When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw a-plowing through the ragged skies and up a cloudy draw. We are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Forgot the program there for a moment. <laughs> Von Monroe. Von Va- Monroe, man. The yeah. great the great Von Monroe. Oh, so good. So good. So, so good. I saw the movie in which he debuted this song. Yeah. And, That's a good movie. Oh, Quintanon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our guest is uh, Victoria Jackson, and the book is called... Beyond the Desert, Stories of the Dying Art of Cowboying. I take it, Victoria, this book is available at uh, Amazon as well as at your website. Uh, oh, no, not Amazon. No, good. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't do Amazon with all, all the right. shipping issues. I don't want good to. Good for you. Yeah. All right, so it's <laughs> yeah, no, available just my website. at v-hanging media, vhangingheartmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I sign every single book. I'm my own shipping agent. I do all that myself. You order in the middle of the night, you'll get it the next day. You order on a Friday, you'll probably get it shipped on Monday. How well, you know, that? you see this how you do that. There's another one of your books. I want to know how well it's selling. That's the Spencer Tips, the shit our mamas never warned us That's about. Sold how, out. It's sold out. Yeah. Oh. It is sold out. I need to order more. I've al- already ordered it twice. Um, <laughs> I wrote down a couple of those. Those are funny. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they were just random thoughts in my mind, and I started on Instagram just posting a picture and giving my thoughts, and then all of a sudden, I everybody's like, "We need a book," so I made a book. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the down and dirty of it here. Uh, in the review of uh, your latest book, it talks about how. Uh, 
Hollywood made all kinds of mistakes and continues oh, to make all kinds of yes. mistakes regarding cowboys and Indians. What did Hollywood get right, if anything? There's horses there. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. There's a lot of hats. Yeah, a lot that's of hats. That's I see. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the things that drives me crazy is you know, there'll be a shot of a, a village and they're going to war, or they're, but they're having a dance, and you know it's the war dance, or what? And the dances yeah, are no, all that's, wrong. They're that's all why wrong. I wanted to do the book because <laughs> yeah. people who don't know the West. They think of the romantic part of it, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, oh, I'm riding along on my horse, mm -hmm. all clean, mm -hmm. behind these cattle, coming home clean, you know, mm -hmm. on my pretty little clean horse, you know, at <laughs> night. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 And that's where I wanted to stop it. I've been on cold back horses at four in the morning. Yes. It ain't that romantic. And, 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 and as you point out, you know, it, it seems like the horse always looks like it won best of show. <laughs> you know, it, and it's groomed, and there's no burrs, there's no there's no winter coat on it. You know, it just, mm -hmm. yeah. you know my scruffy. I try to include as many scruffy horses as I could find. Yeah. <laughs> what is what's your favorite western? Do you have one? Mm. Well. Now that you brought it up, um, <laughs> uh, I, there's a lot of them. But um, oh, we can't forget Craig Rollman's new movie, yes. The Outside Circle. Yeah, we got Craig um, on next. A movie, movie of the, yeah, yeah, a movie of the modern West. Yeah, and he tried to, you know, he tried, he accomplished it, and he showed the realism of mm -hmm. how we cowboy and what we do. And um, he's actually my copy editor on this book, so I have two typos, and I blame him for it. Just so you know, Craig, exactly. and I know you're listening. It's his we'll, fault. We'll call him on that. I saw some. I saw some uh, clips and previews on that, and it looks really good. All right, oh, Sam Pike did so, an amazing job. Well, Victoria, beyond a uh, beyond a uh, uh, documentary, what uh, dramatic western do you do you care for at all? I don't know. I watch them. <laughs> They're all yeah. entertaining. What about yeah. your dad? What about your dad? Oh, he'll watch anything Western. <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. fair enough. Shameless promotion. What's happening next for you? Cowboy calendar. Oh, go. yeah. Cowboy calendar's out. I've been doing that every year. Um, uh, the cool thing about how I run my business, I'm going to say this, is that I actually format everything. Um, like the book, I put the pictures where I want the pictures. I put the writing where I want the writing. If I have to take a word out to make it fit, I do it. And then all I do is convert it to a PDF and send it to the printers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I can do whatever I want when I do these books. Um, I, I have to do, yeah, I have to pay my own. Oh, I have to pay for them all ahead of time. Yeah, but you still. know, and whatever I get is profit. Yeah, um, and same with the calendars. Yeah. You know, I pick out whatever I think from the year would look really good in the calendar and I include it you know and it's the real west you know there are yes. horses getting roped in it that you is, know the guys cool. doing what they do I try not to do portraits because I'm giving the view of my real west mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. happens here mm -hmm. and that's always been my big deal is I don't recreate the west I document it I'm a, I'm a sucker for Saddlebrock pictures I love Saddlebrock <laughs> I think that's the greatest greatest uh, athletic event ever invented and it wasn't really invented it was functional but you got some beautiful beautiful that's why i can't think of the, the guy that was on it but it, it's one of your pictures uh 
in the book, the guy, the, the bucket horse is coming right at you, and it looks like you were down underneath him when you shot it because mm-hmm. it is just nothing but air underneath the bronze. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's funny because when I started shooting the about horse roping, when we were roping horses on the res, that's where I started with a cannon power shot. And I'd have to click the button two seconds before it would take the picture, so I had to get my timing down on. Yeah. And so that helped with saddle bronc, and when I got faster, it took me to a time to adjust for my new camera to just go click. Mm. And, yeah, you know, and I only take probably maybe seven to ten shots of each bronc rider, you know. I don't just go click, click, click. I'm trying to pick oh, the photos I, I think would look best. And I, I watch the bronx a lot more than I watch the guys. Yeah. Well, Victoria, yeah. thank you so much oh, for joining yeah. us. We're plumb out of time and uh, open invitation to come back any time uh, on the show. Just let us know. We'll be happy to have you. Uh, oh, thanks for having me. Talk with us. This I mean, is one of the most pleasure. fun times. Yeah. Really, what a pleasure. Yeah, it, it, it's most great. I mean, love it. And uh, I, we'll be taking care of that book uh, that we talked about earlier. Next time we okay. get together on Namel Franzi's Voices of the West, Craig Rollman is our guest and a friend of Victoria and her, her copywriter and whatnot. He's also a, a producer of The Outside Circle, a movie of the modern West, and that'll be our movie Saturday for and next time we get together here on Amel Franzi's Voices of the West. 78, 79, 80 you buckaroos. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 